Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to the Out of Spec Podcast. I'm your host, Francie, and today I'm joined by the Connor family, at least two of them, Kyle and Dave, Out of Spec Dave. Thank you for joining me today. We want to dive into the topic that came up last week, and that is that Lucid finally announced they were going NAX. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. We had a few podcasts, a couple podcasts, actually, about kind of this topic um, in terms of Lucid, Voltage, Tesla, NAX before, and we were just waiting patiently for Lucid to come along with and, and go public with their plans for next, whatever it was. I know, Dave, you were like, come on, let's go ahead and get there. Let the customers know what's going on. So now we can finally talk about it. What are your first thoughts about Lucid saying, okay, yes, we're going next? Well, yeah, my first thought is the fact that they waited so long. I feel good that we're waiting so long to actually do this podcast because then it's only fair, you know, that we... Uh, we're, um, but all, all kidding aside, I think it's a it's a it's a great announcement that is way overdue, and and the thing is, and Kyle, I'm, I'll be curious to hear your thoughts about this, but I'm sure there's lots of behind the scenes strategic conversations and and you know what are they really going to do with respect to Nax? But what's frustrating to me is it felt like they were trying to work out perhaps the technology solution before they came out with the strategic direction. And I, in this particular case of any of the manufacturers that are saying that they're going to join Nax, there's obviously got to be some, you know, some technological work that has to be done in order to get prepared for it. So why they waited so long is baffling to me. And the fact that they have come out with this, it's great, and and I think it's it's a good commendable thing. But let's not forget, they said 2025, so that leaves a lot of questions as to whether or not they're going to have an adapter. Um, what are they going to do as far as you know the the Wonderbox not being able to support faster charging speeds at the current lower V3 rates? Um, so I have a lot of questions about what it means, but. What I would say is I'm I'm pleased 
I'm just a, a little bit sort of dismayed by how long it took them to come out with this announcement. But what would, okay, so before we get into anything else, let's talk about what is Nax? Why would an automaker need to switch our point of view? Um, so, Dad, maybe you can go back in time, reverse us out of this, and go high level. Why did the Nax switch come around, and what has that rollout been like? Yeah, well, that's, so, so there's, you know, for maybe the old timers that remember Sony Betamax versus Panasonic VHS, there are currently two standards in the country right now for charging. I mean, there are technically three if you throw Chatamo in, but put that aside. There's the Tesla um, supercharger standard, which has been sort of earlier, I think it was earlier this year, they came out and said, we're calling it the North America charging standard. Just think of it as Tesla, the way that you would charge a Tesla at a DC fast charger and the actual plug the unit that you plug into your car that is very elegant, very light, very nimble to be able to single-handedly plug in. And then sort of the other standard is the charging combo standard um, that is available in the United States, which is a combination of a J1772 plug, which is AC, and then you have these two pins that are down below that, which is DC. And and it's a very cumbersome, heavy, thick cable unit. But more importantly than that, all of the decentralized, I want to say all, but many of the decentralized charge point operators that are supplying energy to electric vehicles through the CCS charging standard, the reliability, the availability, the number of units that are out there pales in comparison to what the Tesla standard is. So what does that mean for someone, anyone who's buying any other car other than a Tesla? That means that you've got to go to one of these other charge point operators. You've got to be able to find a unit that is available. Um, and when I say available, let's say you pull into a unit um, that is maybe four stations as opposed to oftentimes you pull into a Tesla supercharger, there may be eight, 10, 12, or even more. Um, and then if you pull into a unit that has four charging stations, some of them charge at higher speeds or will put out energy at a faster rate and, than others. So maybe two would be 350 kilowatts and then two would be 150 kilowatts. But what we've noticed over the last year is that oftentimes the units are either, let's say of the four, maybe three of them might be operating. One of them may be what we call nerf. They're not putting out as much energy. And it becomes a very frustrating thing that while you even while you're driving to that charging station, you start getting anxious that I hope it's up. I hope there isn't a line. I hope that I can get full power. And you start thinking about all these things which is a term that you know a lot of us in the industry, uh, many of us call charging anxiety. And so when you compare that to the charging experience that, that I have or anyone has with respect to Tesla, um, more units, very much more reliable, at least according to not only my experience, but a lot of the rate your charge check-ins that we get, they're the number one reliability network that's out there. You just don't worry about it. You figure out where they are. There's so many of them out there. You pull in, you plug in, they work. And so the benefit of auto manufacturers 
coming over and saying, okay, we understand that this CCS charging network is not as reliable. There's not as much of it. We as a manufacturer are now going to throw in the towel and say, you know what? We're going to join the party. We're going to now allow our cars to go and charge on the Tesla network. Hallelujah. Right. That's a, that's, that's a really good thing that invokes a lot of confidence in, in someone who either owns a CCS car or is thinking about buying a CCS car. So when a manufacturer such as Lucid waits as long as they did to announce the fact that they're going to su support the, the, the Tesla NACs or, you know, supercharger network, that doesn't really bode well for confidence that they are aligning themselves with the best standard. And so, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled. But they've already switched, right? What's that? They've already decided they are going to go next. So yeah. what does it matter how long it took? If they announced it four months ago or six months ago, they, the cars would still be the same today. They would be. But Kyle, I think it would have voted like me having a, a lucid. It would have given me the hope that perhaps someday I'm going to if I were to keep that car, I'd be able to charge at a Tesla supercharger at a at a at a good rate. By them not saying anything about it, it starts. I start thinking like, well, why aren't they saying anything about it? It's a simple, it's a simple communication, right? Figure out how you're going to do it later, but but don't not tell me what you're going to do, even if it's going to be two years from now. That that mm -hmm. that creates doubt in my mind as a consumer that that the brand even knows what they're doing to align themselves with the best charging network in the world. Silence yeah, in this you, case was not golden to me. It, it really was very upsetting. Yes, yeah, so you bring you know the point of communication from the automakers, and I, I do think it's interesting because there are other automakers that haven't announced their plans to switch to Nax, but the one side is definitely heavier than the other. You know of who has switched and who's still holding out, and Lucid being a newer automaker. I can see where your concern of like, well, if they're not telling us about their strategic approach with this, what else does that mean? What other kind of worries do you have? I mean, it, you want a strong foothold in this industry. So maybe being wishy-washy on the standard that is seeming to be inevitable. Um, I can see where it's like the frustration as a consumer would come in there, which is what you're speaking to, Dave. Kyle, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, Francie, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of doubts, I think. Um, in people's minds about Lucid as a brand. I don't think anybody has any question about the technology being fantastic technology, but you see the cars piling up on the, on the lots. You see them having to lower the prices of the car in a reaction, not in a leadership position, as a reaction to what Tesla is doing. They're offering 0% money, subsidized leases. Um, they're, they're, they're struggling to increase their sales. Um, they were saying they were guiding at 14,000 earlier this year, then they lowered that to 10. Now they just lowered it to eight. And, and all of these things cumulatively add up to concern. And then you layer on top of that, the fact that they're not coming out with any kind of message. I don't care if it's like, we're never going to support NACs and here are the reasons why, mm -hmm. or we're going to support NACs someday. And here are the challenges that we have. Nobody better than Lucid in my opinion, to explain technology. The videos that they've put out 
about how their systems work. And, you know, they, they were in a perfect position to be able to communicate to the world about why they were silent. And they just didn't do it. And, and I think when you add it all up, it was adding a lot of um, a lot of angst among those that were into this kind of a thing, you know. So, but let's, um, to let's me, not dwell on the past. The, the yeah. forget all that. That we're past it. It doesn't matter. Uh, we, okay. we already did the podcasts on why they shouldn't switch. They did. So they are agreeing to accept the North American charging standard. We knew they were going to do that, as will every automaker at this point. You kind of have to. It is the standard now. And yeah. um, you know, I think the bigger question for me comes. Okay. Yeah, back a little bit to the communication side, which is how are they going to implement it? What will the restrictions be on uh, version 3 and version 4 supercharging as of today? Uh, we definitely should touch on those in this episode, some of those concerns. But I think it's great news to say, uh, in my opinion, I think this is all a pretty positive story that it's like, okay, now you can buy, in theory, the longest range EV on the market with amazing driving performance no question the lucid drives better than almost any ev i can think of on the market from a uh, you know from a performance standpoint as well as balancing the comfort that it has and uh now you can actually charge it because we drove it across the country you've driven it up and down the east coast we our issues were never yeah we had some niggles with the car small niggles little tiny things here headlights made a little bit of noise no auto lane change a little niggles but it was all about the charging it was that the car did not interface well with the public charging networks that were out there Mm -hmm. and now they still may not that's the question. Right. At least we know that once they figure out the interoperability of the chargers, you know, the communications between Tesla and Lucid, um, you know, that uh, they'll at least charge. Will they charge at their maximum rate? That's what we haven't heard yet. We also uh, should we should mention that in a little bit. I also want to say anecdotally, um, I'm about to attend the Charin conference uh, in a couple weeks. And Francie, you should probably go to that as well. I was planning on it. Okay, good. Um, Where's my info? Uh, well, you can go, Dad, but I'm not sure any of these people really want to talk to you. <laughs> you just spent the whole last 10 minutes bashing Lucid. So, uh, but no, I think uh, ultimately the the fun thing is last time I was at the Charin uh, testing uh, festival, they uh, Lucid and Tesla, their charging teams really were hanging out. And so I think I, I feel pretty confident that they will sort out the interoperability. Mm-hmm. Where I don't have so much confidence is what happens on the older supercharging equipment that doesn't support a thousand volts. So, Dad, this is where your personal experience comes in. I've done it as well, but you've charged a Lucid on a supercharger with a Magic Dock. Can you walk yes. us through that experience? Because the actual charging wasn't an issue. It initiated just fine. There was no connection problems or anything like that, but there were some other problems. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, um, it, it worked fine uh, up in Brewster, New York. I, I charged the, my Lucid up there. The only problem was that it, it only pulled about 45 kilowatts max at a properly you know preconditioned battery and a prop and a low state of relatively low state of charge and i know you've explained to me in 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 the past why that is a limitation and and so um so i am concerned as well about 
the V3s. Now, my understanding is I'll be really curious to see now that V4s are popping up with the thousand volt, how fast, uh, you know, if they put magic, are they putting magic docks on all V4s, Kyle? Do you know? Yes, but they're not turned on yet. Oh, so they're still in the back. The machines in the back are the chargers themselves are still in effect like V3s. So it'll be yeah, very the interesting. The magic docks are, are built into the dispenser uh, on that particular right. topic. So, so yeah, all V4s are still V3 cabinets today. Uh, right. And actually, we're going to go visit one tomorrow. So we'll have a video on that soon in the U.S. Yeah. But, I mean, once once the, the first V4 um, comes out that's putting out the higher, you know, voltage, then I think that's a game changer for how fast the Lucid is going to charge. And then it's just a matter of, Tesla getting out there and whether or not they're able to upgrade the V3 cabinets or they're going to have to, you know, put it when they put out the the V4s with the V4 cabinets and putting out the higher architecture. Honestly, Kyle, the fact that that there's a strategic direction there by the two companies announcing that, that puts my mind at rest that there is going to be solution in a year or two. Right, because they're saying 2025. Um, so, but to charge a Lucid today on a V3 Magic Dock is actually slower than charging on a 350 EA nerfed at 50 kilowatts. And that's bad. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So. So the the general reason as to why is because Tesla's equipment goes up to 500 volts maximum. Their current equipment. We expect the future equipment to get up to a thousand volts. That has not been rolled out yet. And so I was at Lucid talking to their executive team, talking to Peter Rawlinson, talking to my friend Ahmad who runs their powertrain. I mean, these are friends of mine. These are people I know really well. And like they watch all of our stuff. They know exactly what's going on in the industry. It's not because they're ignorant or they don't want to look or anything like that. They know a hundred percent the experiences we had with our Lucid on all of our trips and all these things. I think uh, what, what, yeah, the communication side publicly was was lacking, no question. I think we can all agree on that. There's a way to put your customers at ease to say, hey, we know something's not yeah. good. we got to make a change. Now they're doing that. Things are mm-hmm. looking up. What we don't know yet is how they're going to handle this low-voltage problem. The thing is, going forwards, when Tesla starts installing version 4 cabinets, whatever they may be, I can't wait to see one, film one, try one. That's going to be amazing. I hope. But um, at least today, all of the infrastructure is capped at 500 volts maximum. What the car has to do then is accept a lower voltage from the charger and then step up that voltage to the battery pack's voltage. Uh, The thing is, whenever you're DC charging, you need to match your charging and your battery pack voltage roughly the same. Charging has to be just slightly higher for it to dump current in. And so that means that the car has to use something called the wonder box in this case to boost up the voltage in order to charge the high voltage battery pack. And that booster is limited to 50 kilowatts. And it's, I think, I don't know how many amps it can actually do, but it's roughly at a version three supercharger, version four dispenser today, one of the newer chargers. Uh, Yeah, 43 to 45 kilowatts roughly is what it will do. And that is, you know, when I was talking to Lucid, I'm like, you know what, that is probably worse than not adopting NAX. If you put a NAX port on your car and send them, send your customers to a supercharger, and now you're saying that the longest range, fastest charging EV with all the tech can only charge at 45 kilowatts, well, you can't do that. And so, 
you know, that was my impression. I know you felt differently, Dad. You were like, I'd rather have the backup of slow charging, try the EA yeah. down the street, and go to the supercharger. I disagreed. I thought in no way should any company send their customers to a charger that can't at least charge their vehicle at a reasonable rate. Look, I, I you know, it's a, it's a tricky technology problem for the point in time we're at right now. Um, but had I been able to, you know, at least know that I would be able to go to V3s and get 45 kilowatts, then I know I, I'm going to be able to make it, you know, home or, or be able to limp along on the trip. And, and I know that's also a temporary situation. I have every bit of confidence in, in the technology um, leadership at Lucid that they will figure this out. The fact that they've said it now is great. I think it's amazing. I wish they had so said that. So what do you think they're going to do to figure it out? Because there's a few things Lucid can do. And then, of course, we know Tesla's already going to be upgrading their charging equipment to 1,000 volts. Once that yeah. happens, Lucid doesn't have to do a thing. So do you think Tesla said, hey, we're going to upgrade our equipment? Or do you think Lucid said, we're going to upgrade the boosting capability of our cars? Yeah. So think about what's, this. What's Tesla. Yeah, Tesla, there's no way that Lucid is going to alter their rollout plans for the road to a thousand volts, you know, because of Lucid or because of throw in the, uh, you know, the the uh, the Korean brands as well. Right. The, um, but it's the, not just them. It's every brand has has plans to go high voltage. No, I understand that. But what I'm saying is that 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 the rollout i think the vision state that tesla has is v4 which is thousand volt let's say that that build out is three years two years whatever it is they have already laid out their strategy they're not going to alter that strategy especially for a small we're selling you know eight thousand cars a year manufacturer there's no way they would do that and so the short-term solution has to be on the burden the burden has to be on the engineers at lucid in order to provide the the kind of charging experience that you would expect them to provide in my opinion i don't think that yeah. anyone could could hold tesla accountable to say oh they need to step out for v, v4 faster because of the higher voltage cars that are out there today mm -hmm. um they've got a plan they're going to stick to it and lucid right now the challenge is on lucid to figure out could they modify the Wonder Bot? Now, I I know you've talked to me offline about this. Like that's a really expensive retrofit, but me, okay, um, being a consumer, I hear about these adapters. I said I really think these guys at Lucid are super smart. Why can't they figure out some kind of a device? Of I don't know if it goes on the car, it gets installed in the trunk, that could allow them to charge the car at a faster rate under the current V3 charging capability. You wouldn't even be able to pick it up. Well, it's not for me <laughs> it to figure that. so heavy. <laughs> but that's not that's not the solution. A lot of these standards don't really allow for adapters that even have a cable length to them. Some of them don't even allow adapters at all and so by locking them to a vehicle it no longer becomes an adapter. I mean, that's not possible what you're trying to suggest is Well, then, is then I think a transformer then I think in the trunk of your vehicle okay, that you plug all right, in. No, that's fair. That's fair. So, you know, okay, I'm not as geeky as you. Nerd level 7820, not 9000 here, you know. <laughs> so, sure. but, but the thing is, Kyle, then I, I think because of the strategic announcement that, that Lucid has made, 
the word patience finds a sweet spot in my brain as far as vocabulary goes. I just, if I have to wait, that's okay. It's a great well, car. It's an amazing thing. car. If I know that Tesla's build out is going to be there in two or three years, maybe I keep my car or maybe I buy one knowing that it's going to be there. But we Patience. don't know. The announcement, the official announcement doesn't say retroactive support for previous vehicles. It just says from 2025 onwards, right? Do you know that, Dad? Because they, they didn't mention anything I, about an adapter, I don't think. I, I, I do recall, I don't have the exact wording, maybe for, it wasn't a very long statement. Into future I, vehicles in 2025. Um, let's just look really quick. We have the official one. Can you just scroll up a little bit? Because that'll give us the highlights. Lucid customers will be able to access 15,000 superchargers. It's now gone from 12 to 15,000. Um, Lucid vehicles built with the current CCS will be able to add, oh, so they will have an adapter, but mm -hmm. in 2025. So most companies are going to have an adapter starting in 24, like in just right. a few months from now. Right, the sooner the better. And I think the Lucid waiting might, the reason they might be waiting is because Tesla may have said, hey, give us a year and we're going to upgrade our equipment to a thousand volts. Right. Why, I mean, why else? Why wouldn't they just do it now if that wasn't the case? I I mean, I, not exactly. Yeah, I mean, I see where you're going there. And I, I think you had an interesting point of this conversation that was about what, whether or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't ever have interesting points. No, what, what, where are you trying to it get It was at? your dad, actually. Oh, okay, good. Um, but Thank basically, you. I mean, the point, <laughs> the point of like, well, Tesla's probably not going to, you know, change their network to meet the oh. demand of the cars that are going to be on the road or like, or maybe, you know, the, the automakers have to meet what Tesla's going to do. But I do think it's interesting because Tesla is moving out from their private network into the public. So they are taking on new strategies to, I, I think so. I mean, like consider the public charging network business model, which is a bit different than what they've done before. Where yeah, they, they need do to have stop to be, thinking. They can't just closed. be thinking all Tesla, yeah. right? And they would, uh, knowing Tesla, they're not, I think. Um, because, you know, if you look at the customer service that they're going to provide, if they're going to compete against, I mean, you don't, it, it's a pretty wide gap for EVgo or EA to catch up to Tesla. But if Tesla misstepped and one of those became... I mean, a, a strong standard there that could actually continue providing for those who were switching over to NACS or still CCS then. I mean, I, I do think basically what I'm trying to say is that Tesla does have to consider the public network now stronger, of course, than they had to before. And I believe that they would be. I think Tesla will be retrofit. I think Tesla will support a thousand volts at all of their V3 sites. I also think uh, that is the reason for the 2025 initial start for the adapter. That is pure speculation. I don't know that to be the case. Let's say Lucid decides they need to up the boosting capability. And so whether that means they're going to bring all of their vehicles they've built back to the factory, because it's a hardware limitation built into the vehicle where they can't do more than 45 kilowatts on a 500 volt cap charger, which are V3s and now current V4s. So they would either need to say you're limited to that or bring your vehicle back and we'll give you you know a hardware retrofit uh, or it could be a little bit of software if they played around with the rear motors inverter like it's a physical or software change of where the power's routed i don't even know if they're with their current wiring if they could go through the rear motor inverter without having a secondary path 
for the DC current to flow. Like when you look at Ionic 5 charge port, there's some that there's a line that goes to the high voltage battery uh, or the high voltage junction box which goes to the battery. And there's a line that goes to the rear motor so that it could step up the voltage for boosting. I don't know how Lucid would do that without a hardware retrofit, but they're really smart. So it's possible they yeah. could. I don't know their architecture as much as possible or as much as I should. Um, but with that said, I think... Uh, I don't think Lucid can send customers and get 46 kilowatts. They either need to up the boosting capacity, and I hope they do that for all vehicles on the road and not just current generation or future generation product forwards. And I also think Tesla needs to support 1,000 volts at all existing chargers. There's thousands, 15,000 version 3 charging posts that cars will have access to. BMW is going 1,000 volt. Mercedes okay. going up to 1,000 volt. Lucid has it. Cybertruck. What yep. does that? What What is the? Uh, do you know? Is that like? Will that benefit from a V four thousand volt charger over yes. a V three? Okay. So we expect, we expect it to. So there's the motivation for Tesla to accelerate the road to V four chargers being truly a thousand volts. Not I think there's multiple motivations. I think they because they've opened up the network to all of these automakers, that's you know, combined more cars than Tesla sells, then they're gonna be the know. ones charging. Is them. that true? I don't know. Yeah. If you look at all the other automakers combined, it's gotta be more cars than Tesla sells. I don't know. Do I don't think? know if that's we got true numbers? Not. Let's pull no. up some numbers. You you think Tesla outsells all other automakers combined in electric? It wouldn't surprise me. Well, I know that they. That's, someone comment below with that figure. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, that'd be a, that'd be wild if that was the case. Yeah, but but Kyle, the thing is, you you have to realize. I mean, and I know you do, right? Tesla will get there, but they're not going to change their plan for anyone other than first their vertical, which are their cars. That's why I'm saying if Cybertruck can benefit from. I, how are you volt, saying that so de definitively? Because Kyle, they're 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 they have to service their. They're their brand first, I would yeah, think. Yeah, but it, by going a thousand volts, it doesn't hurt their brand. It just opens it up for more people, more cars, more customers to have a good charging experience. Yeah, no, and, and I'm not saying they're not going to do that. I'm just saying the timing of that, the sequencing of that, the motivation for them to accelerate that is not going to be coming from the few manufacturers today that happen to have 800 or 900 volt cars on the road. It, it's 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 a it's a factor, but it's not necessarily the reason why they're going to accelerate that path to a thousand volts. That's a big job for them to do that. It is and, a big job, but I also think they have to think ahead at least a decade. Yeah. Which which seems to be pointing that, I mean, the technology is going in this direction, right? Faster and faster charging, better and better charging capabilities. It'll, like, I, I'm, it'll probably cap somewhere, sometime. Either way, Cybertruck, I don't I don't know. We, we think they'll have a split pack situation where they'll still charge full speed on 400 volt chargers or 500 oh, volt really? chargers. Yeah, okay. so, so I'm not sure that's the motivation. But if it is then whatever it takes, I guess. Either way, the news is Lucid switched. It's not the first high-voltage automaker to switch. Hyundai Kia Genesis mm -hmm. was the first. Who's next? Who's next? Uh, either Stellantis or Volkswagen Group are the only two big ones left. Mm -hmm. um, I know Volkswagen Group wants to do it, or at least certain people within the group want to do it, especially Porsche. They're the ones really pushing the group forwards. They're going to do it. 
I just right. don't know when. And it doesn't really matter at this point when. My opinion is like, okay, well, now everyone's made their announcements. We know the standard. It doesn't, as long as you get the adapter when the adapter starts shipping, you got a few months to figure this thing out and then just wait a little bit. Um, but I'm yeah, glad so, that uh, you're pleased with this announcement, Dad, it sounds like. I, think. I, I am. And I, and I think what it does is it, it, it look, Tesla, uh, Tesla, Lucid is going through a tough time right now to convince people to buy their cars. Okay. And this announcement should give people the peace of mind that they will have a solution in place down the road. And, and so it certainly that, makes the cars that, much more attractive. Absolutely. And, and, and I think it also bodes well for gravity. Um, when that comes out in, what is it? Maybe fourth quarter, 2024, but most likely 2025. I would, I would say that I'd be surprised based on the timing of this announcement and based on the expected date of delivery of gravity, that 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 gravity will ship. I'd be surprised if it doesn't ship with a native NAX, um, you know, port as opposed to a CCS, and then having to rely on an adapter. And so I think that bodes really well for the confidence in people to put their orders in for the gravity um, when that becomes available. And so it's a. I, I just look. It's an amazing announcement. I'm super happy. Had this announcement been made two months ago, three months ago, I may still own my Lucid. That's how strongly I feel about this. A lot of Lucid owners that I've talked to in the in the you know in the Reddit boards and what have you, they're like, you know, listen, the way I use my car, um, it's okay. Once in a while, I charge. I charge level to it at home, and and it's fine for me. Why are you making so much noise about it? And um, you know, I just. I just don't like that anxiety with as much as I and you and and we road trip, you shouldn't have to worry about it. And and it and it's not it's not Lucid's fault here. Um they they are so far ahead and so far advanced with the technology that the limitation in terms of being nerfed because of the Wonderbox limitation, that in combination with the fact that EA and and others have not either put the network out you know, enough or not have maintained it. I don't think anyone could have foreseen that situation from happening when Lucid was making making the engineering decisions as far as what hardware they were going to put in their cars. I think they had the best of intentions. And, and you know, quite honestly, if I were part of the team back then, I probably would have said the same thing. Yeah, let's go 800 volts or 900 volts, depending whether it's a, you know, a GT or a Touring or a, a Pure. And um, it's just, it's just, they got caught in this really strange trap of not being able to come out and announce next because of the 45 kilowatt limitation. So, well, but it is I'm a great sure a lot of, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good announcement. I mean, it's the way that uh, it, it, it's going for sure. It's a bit of a forced hand, but I think it is also the, you know, ob obviously the winning technology at this point. And I'm sure that those over at Lucid are hoping that this can help them and where they are uh, as you said that they're in a bit of a you know they haven't been doing that great um they also have a new coo so we'll just in terms of sales um so we'll we'll see what happens with lucid this seems to be a step in the right direction but uh you know with such a new automaker in this competitive space we'll have to keep our eye on it yeah my final thoughts are 
who you know what why 2025 and not an adapter in 24 and that leads me to believe something is going to happen in 24 to change because they could offer the adapter in early 24 i believe so something's going to happen then whether that's they're going to have a retrofit for higher boosting capability or tesla's going to support a thousand volts or something around then and then the cars with native NACs, it'll be interesting. There are, you know, there are a couple other things. Lucid has just announced vehicle-to-vehicle charging. I believe they're the first to bring it to market. And uh, it's really cool. And so they're going to have to do all that through the NACs port. So that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And, uh, you know, they have a lot of tech that they need to get, get worked out here. But I think it's great news. Like you said, Dad, the connector is better. That's not why everyone is switching, though. If CCS you know, networks had provided the reliability that customers expect, then this would not have been a conversation. Has nothing to do with the port, all to do with the access to the Tesla supercharger network. And I think the reason Lucid's gonna start offering the adapter and everything later is again, something's gonna happen throughout the year 2024. I'm sure we'll find out soon, at least over the next year or so, as to why the adapter's not gonna be available in early 24. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. My last and final thoughts are just simply peace of mind that they announced this, that they have a plan. I don't even need to know what the plan is. I trust them. They're going to come out with with a solution. I really believe that. They're smart. Um, I don't need to know what that plan is. So I think anyone who's out there thinking about buying a Lucid today, if that's the car for you, this is a great announcement to give you the peace of mind to write the check because they will be there to support you and and they will have a solution for you. I also think, Kyle, with your latest trip that you just did from Colorado out to South Carolina, you had a pretty pretty damn good experience with CCS, right? So you but know keep in mind that's CCS with a that's CCS with a lower voltage car. A lot of the stations we ran into with the Lucid were perfectly functioning chargers for 400 volt class of vehicle where it's very high voltage caused you know, the, the infrastructure couldn't support the power at that very high voltage with signet surge and other things. So, right. um, yeah. yeah, it wasn't, yeah. So at least on the face of it, the, the, my experience was great, but if I plugged a lucid into those stations, it still would have surged. Got it. Yeah. Right. Well, guys, listen, um, psych, they, uh, they announced it. I think it bodes well for, if they had said that it would not support any of the existing cars on the road today, that would be bad. But if the fact that the announcement says it's going to be retroactive, that should give everyone the peace of mind to write the check today. And also know that gravity is going to probably be, you know, that's going to be dialed, right, with the proper hardware in the cars from day one, guess. along with the, you know, the airs from 2025 on, I would imagine, as well. Well, we'll so, be filming gravity in a week's time. Well, I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Because uh, I, I I really like the look of that car, and I liked everything about my Lucid, just the charging. So I, I got high hopes for that gravity. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on the podcast, Dave, to speak about it. You know, as a Lucid owner, you have that perspective that is definitely interesting and in-depth in terms of that EV and where the company will go. Because we're also invested in the strategic decisions and where these companies go with their technology and their offerings and then the collaborations they have across the space. So thanks for coming on the financially. podcast. <laughs> no. No, we're not financially invested no. in any company. Oh, no. You, you mean interested. Yeah, I yeah. never mean that I'm invested yeah. <laughs> in the company. <laughs> yeah, I, Kyle, I just had to make it because some, no. someone would clip that 
and then share it around social media. Well, if you want to edit this video, no, 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 certain leave it someone, in there. It's no, good. I mean them. Oh. Yes. Okay. Great. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> going go on the podcast dinner. today. This is a lovely long conversation about Lucid once again. So we'll see who falls to next. Next, place your bets below. Just kidding. And thank you for joining us today on the Out of Spec podcast. We will see you next time.